banned the brownies for us. Ah, son of a bitch. Oh. Hi, Pedro. Yes, thank you for checking in. Don't worry, I'll be out in a few. I'm just, um, I've been calling the Mickey for an hour. No responses yet, and I'm worried. My signal is going through, so I think they're okay, but, uh... I've heard nothing, I'm worried. Um, you know, that's true. It's the classic Mickey. A band of true adventurers and heroes of yore. What have I to worry? And Abor's probably seduces me. No, no, I, I do like him. I do. People think I don't, but no, I'm not jealous. Look, I'll tell you my Freudian mind later. We're doing five. Ah, let's go. Let's go. Ooh, game's on time. Game's on time. How we doing, sound department? Hey. Excellent. Schmiel, how's the spouse? Ah. All right, here we go. Greetings, citizens of the stars, and welcome to today's edition of Dawn of Tomorrow, a broadcast of adventure, exploration, wonder, and science. I'm your host, Bish Manwer, and as always, accompanied by our lovely announcement man, Gracie Chuck, and his neutron parmesans. Live from the moon of Despera, we have a special, special episode for you today, including coverage of the one, the only, the magnificent Gula Circuit of 56. Old Briny himself will be providing us incredible narration of the race as we find out. Does the House of Sushino end its reign here, or do they continue to preserve their throne for generations? Will this end in blood, mayhem, or bedlam? And then, don't worry, we'll be shifting to a nice, lovely cooking session from Iramim, a native Pumonian who, after last week's incident with the white-sailed Kirkosk of his own planet, was so impressed, he agreed to share a taste of Puman's cuisine. I tell you, I tell you, I feel as if each week is bringing us closer to unknown frontiers, figuratively and literally. Exciting! Exciting, and that is merely the show. In the stars at wide, life goes on. July 1st, 2156. We are officially halfway through the year. Today also marks the 105th anniversary of the last day of the Millennium War, last known armed conflict in the inhabited planets of the solar system. A brief account. Infamous Earth industrialist, Orville T. Ruin, in an effort to keep the war profit machine going after the UN first contacts call for intergalactic peace, staged a sequence of horrendous attacks on all seven continents in order to stoke the fire of a never-ending war. The conflict worsened when most of the populace discovered this blatantly hid corruption, resulting in grooming, deploying state-of-the-art machinery against any dissidents. After a year, and many casualties, the battle ended, and Earth did heal, together, forming a collectivist bond so deep that brought us to where we are today. I ask now for a moment of silence to remember all who rose up, who died for peace and unity, who refused to continue the dastardly cogs of war. 
Artsy Deadly, starring our esteemed guest B7, open to a nice bit of success on Ice Atlas. As a lower budget piece, it's already recouped its budget. Oh, how swell. Critics praised the chaotic structure, noting that it's off-kilter editing, frenzied musical score, and constantly moving camera work, made for a film that truly captures the anxiety and constant motion of detective work. Not that I would know. Sounds like my kind of impressionistic messy film. I always say, give me a, give me a messy human touch work rather than a perfectly polished, mechanically innate product. I always says it. The natives of the planet Sassen have sent their ambassador, Goli Peh, to the nearby planet of Ice Atlas to establish joint research of the ancient moon of Erebo. After slight erratic activity from the moon static field, huge for many reasons, primarily being this is the first instance of Sesson cooperation with another planet's native population. Hot dog! And secondly, for those of you who don't know, Everbo is the mythological Lovecraftian home for what is supposedly a hidden well of monstrous beings from before the dawn of time that most of us can't even conceive. But the key word is mythological. You may say, Peachman, how hypocritical of you to believe in so many amazing things, yet say nay, nay to this mood of monsters. Well, simple. It's because I hope it's not real, and I'm merely a hypocrite because I'm terrified. But probably not. And lastly, the five exploration heads of Earth have unanimously agreed to designate the Bear Six expedition to Percival Anselm. A decision expected, but no less exciting to hear officially unannounced. What is unexpected is that Percival has made the decision to go solo, a potentially risky choice that may land him in trouble should Bear Six prove to be unwieldy. But we support you, Percival. You got this, homie. And now, before we get inundated by the waves of the culinary and the racing world, let us not forget that flighty mistress we so proclaim to be a part of, and yet I feel like we've shrugged off in the past couple of times, but that mistress is science. Yes, that's right. It's time for our daily dose of scientific trivia. My guest is, do you remember that robot that called in seemingly confused at the state of things? Well, actually, her and I got in touch because I wanted to see what the deal was with that. And um, uh, she was playing a prank, harmless. But turns out, OC46 is a world of curiosity unto herself. Yeah, we talked for, for hours. Well, as you can tell, she dabbles in comedy. She dreams of being a stand-up. But also, biology. Without further ado, welcome back, OC46. Thank you, Piesman Hello, world. I am the robot of 46. Oh, sea, four, six. That is my name. Don't worry it out. I am a biology robot. I was made to study biology for the Hamill Institution. But he eventually acquired consciousness of my own existence and decided to branch out. So he do comedy now at the clubs. Rolling. But I am astrobiologist robot. So my scientific trivia is this. More than 20% of the carbon in the universe may be associated with polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Pass. Possible starting materials for the formation of life. Pass and to have informed shortly after the Big Bang. Are will spread throughout the universe and are associated with new stars and exoplanets. 
Passare subjecti to interstellar medium conditions and are transformed to hydrogenation, oxygenation and hydroxylation, to more complex organics as step along the past toward amino acids and nucleotides, the raw materials of proteins and DNA, respectively. No. For an ok no knock knock. Who's there? Me. Ah. Thank you. OC46, that was illuminating. And that knock-knock joke was very funny, truly. Uh, that big bang, something special, indeed. Well, <laughs> I've blabbered on for long enough. We're all caught up, we're all whizzed up with a little bit of scientific trivia, and I know what we're all dying to see. So without further ado, I take you all to the EULA Circuit of 2156. Take it away, old briny. Howdy, space explorers, and welcome to the 86th EULA Circuit. It's the biggest goddamn race in the cosmos, and it's held at the biggest goddamn western-themed resort in the cosmos. That's right, it's old briny, coming to you with minimal delay from the old range house again. I've been hosting these things from the beginning, and I've seen it all. Man, oh man, I'm a champion at the bit to see these racers match. You got Yuri Galachisky from Earth, Pit Pit from the planet Kubos, Wally Tay of the Jungle Planet Session, Racer Ulf from the planet Ulf, Count Gom Dulak from Desper, who seems to think this is some kind of electronics conference, and he's in for a big surprise. We'll see if he lives it all. Anyhow, a bunch of nobodies as far as you or I is concerned, because this race is all about and has always been about. Earl loves Sacchino. You know how Sacchino's been winning this thing for decades, and Earl's here to defend his title, but there might be somebody to knock old Sacchino off his high horse, and that's a lacrimous toy, the young Vietnamese pilot who's frankly got me all riled up. Boy, I'd love to see toys just absolutely murder that Sacchino bastard, but uh, <clears throat> I'm not supposed to be biased, and besides, Sacchino is by all measure unstoppable. But enough, again, all the racers are locked and loaded, so let's get this thing on the hook. But this is already looking like a showdown between that old hand Sacchino and a lacrimous toy. Wait a minute, doing a head count here and racer Ulf. Odds back, and folks, looks like Ulf has blasted herself right out of orbit and right out of this race. Sacchino pulling ahead with Toy and Shotgun as they move to the first turn. Galicheski falling back. Wally Tay gaining the battle to the front with Toy and Sacchino duking it out for first as we head into the second lap. Galicheski in the back stretch. Toy pulling ahead with Sacchino second through a quarter of 24 and two-fifth microseconds. Wally Tay third on the curve, and then comes Count Gomdulak looking perplexed as all hell, bringing up the rear. It's not looking good for Pit Pit. Coming up on the third lap, folks, and my eyes are fried looking at these afterburners, and I'm thinking my lucky stars, I ain't a flesh and blood man, and this is gonna be a goddamn blast at Gomdulak. What in the Sam Hill? He's left the course. Clearly, he's figured out what in the hell is going on, leaving us with the cream of the crop. Sacchino pulling back to first. Toy holding steady. 
Lady Wallace on the inside file for lead two and a half. Two late for class to the outside lucky edge. 50 50 do I hear? 60 75 80 do I hear? I'm sold. Pit pit overtaking Galateski, who after that strong start is dead last. Poor bastard. Boho, boho, folks, we're headed into the final lap here, and it's Toy versus Sachino. This race was called from the start, and we're seeing it play out. Sachino looking like one proud peacock. It's his to lose, but Toy's gaining. Last seconds, last seconds, Toy's on, and Sachino's still ahead by an inch by a half inch. Toy's in the lead. It's sour grapes for Sachino, and it looks like second. Well, by blood and thunder, what's that coming up on the inside line? Pit Pit is overtaking Wallace. He's moving so fast, I can't hardly. God damn! Pit Pit is in second, and it's it's Pit Pit and Toy tied for first. I've never seen anything like it. An expert finish from Pit Pit, and it looks like it's just dawned on Sacchino that he's coming not only second, but second to two winners, and he is not taking it well. Folks, the rusty pistons that act as my heart valves are giving me the fingers. What a race. Toy and Pit Pit walking away with first, and how's Sacchino getting sand in their eyes? This has been Old Braddy coming to you from the 86th Mula Circuit. We'll see you next year. My God. My God. You heard it here, folks. The race of a lifetime and the twist of a lifetime. Why, oh, I've been in the storytelling business for years, and even I could not have conjured an ending as the one you just saw. Wow. Let's let's all take a minute to watch that again. Pit Pit is overtaken while the he's moving so fast I can't hold it. God damn! Pit Pit is in second and it's it's Pit Pit and Toy tied for first. I've never seen anything like it. An expert finish. Lloyd in the fourth. A a true blue group of all stars. Wow. Well, let us take a breath as we now enjoy a lovely piece of music that Gracie Chuck has made in honor of. The Skyway. Well, who is that? Looking sad, rolling around the bench. Making the good last choice. Oh, it looks. This good last choice is good. Lucked out with these neutrons, huh? You know, if I had to go through thick and thin with anyone, it would be Gennaro, Greasy, Chuck, San Gennaro. My dear viewers, our next experience will be a special one, the likes of which you have barely seen. 
Tell your friends, employers, relatives, grocers, and nail stylists. We can always use the extended viewership. So, please, give a warm dawn of tomorrow welcome to an incredible Pumonian guest, Iramim, here to show us the ways of their cuisine and see us how they speak in no language any of you could understand, Iramim's translator, Val Kashmir. Hello, I'm Irmin, and this is my magnificent translator and friend, Val Kashmir. Oh, why, thank you, Chef. You shouldn't have. I'm going to teach you how to make a dish endemic to Puman, which is all the more impressive because none of you will ever have access to our ingredients. Hey, you tell him, monsieur. Those ingredients are this thing, this critter's abdomen, this holoseptic tree root, and some of this mineral. Gee, my mouth is already beginning to water. So, what you do first is. Oh, Excuse me for one second, Chef. Can we do that in front of a live audience? You know, at this point in the show, after last week, <laughs> why the hell not? Okay. So, you do this <gasps> thing to the abdomen, and then you dip it in the mineral. <laughs> and put it on the burner. Oh, well, that's hot and saltier than my grandma on a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> While that burns, you take this thing. Um, you take this thing and... Oh, okay, I was about to ask. You take this thing and chew it up and spit it out. Hey, the birds do it. Turns out pretty well for them. Yes, yes it does. I know, I know, Chef, just commenting on the old birds. You toss the chewed up stuff into the burner, and right about now, your critter's abdomen should be half cooked. This is when we take the root and slip it under the abdomen. Talk about craftsmanship, eh, boss? Craftsmanship, baby! And now we sit and wait until the abdomen fully cooks. Show of hands, who can't wait to try this? Well, now, I bet I'll have your minds changed in a jiffy once I try a delectable morsel. I, for one, cannot wait to taste fried critter and root and mineral. That's the spirit. Yippee! What's that? Oh, Irmim says you all simply lack the Pomonian conviction for stomaching such a dish. And that those of you who opt not to will miss a one-way trip to the glorious sensations. Of course. Can't try an exotic dish unless it comes with the promise of spiritual nirvana, huh? Ah, 
it's finished. Enough servings for all of you. One spoonful each, line up. Everyone line up. Well, isn't that beautiful? Is there anything that brings living folks together more than our food? Just like Great Yama used to say. Prepare everyone for the culinary experience of your young humanoid lives. How delightful! Give it up for Yermim and Val Kashmir. Now, if we can all form a single file line, we can all sample a taste of this delicious fried critter in root and mineral. All right, you all get up. You enjoy it. Don't mind me while I slip off for a moment. All right, oh. All right, gotta call the piggy. Oh, look now. Hi, Jones. Working hard or hardly working, huh? Excellent job, all of you. Thank you for another great show. All right. Okay. Oh. All right. Come here, Patro. Thank you. Yeah, no, we... Thank you. Yeah, we just want to call them. Um. Ah. All right, pick up, you absent bastards. It's the eighth time in a week. All right. Uh, oh! Hello? Uh, who am I speaking to? Mechanic off! Hi! It's Peach Manworth. Uh, is everything okay? Uh, I want to check in with the crew. I I know um, I know you're busy with the final storm. I just wanted to call because I... With the whole broadcast from Arias, that, that sinister Scotsman, I'm sure you've heard. Mr. Manworth! Hi, hi. I'm, uh, I, I will turn you over to uh, Miss Tiana. She will explain better. Uh, explain what better? Layla and the captain, are they okay? Yes, just arguing in his room. You will see why. Oh, cheers, Peach Manworth! Soup Diano. Hello, hi. Is everything okay? Uh, why are my calls being answered? Um, uh, uh, Peach, darling, listen. We here on the Mickey never like to panic before we must panic. Um, uh, Sloop? Can I talk to my meteorologist? Augusta? Well, okay. So, we'd heard the broadcast, kept our eyes out, knew the final storm emitted enough light to see all around us, yeah? We didn't venture out of the ship. Layla would have shot us dead. It's also a cyclone, so no. And we're not stupid, arguably. Brash, but not stupid. Your meteorologist, on the other hand, uh, I don't blame him. He wanted to see it in his spacesuit, standing out there, rather than behind a glass. Hey, cheers. We let him out on his wire. He's saying all kinds of sensual things. He's about 20 metres out. Layla starts cursing, as she's wont to. Thought it was a media, but then this raggedy, rusty ship 
It almost looked like it was bleeding. Comes around the cyclone, no ship I'd ever seen headed right this way. Then it got a little too close. I knew that that was a complete violation of basic protocol. Intentional. We yell at him, tell him to tighten the slack on the wire so we can yank him back in. He's too mesmerised. I mean, this is his life's work. We're pulling away, manually, but that goddamn ice over a ship is way quicker than it looked. We pull in the wire. It's empty. It's gone. Tried to chase after him, but Layla hung us back. They charted a course to the station of the Tremendous Twelve. The place where those cosmonauts went insane. And we knew... We knew if we rushed in, that bloody Orias would have vaporised us. So, he's in Arias's hands. Yes, yes, he is. We're planning a rescue now. We're not gonna leave him back there in that place. The Mickey doesn't do that to those who fly with us. Thank you, Sloop, but please, don't, don't endanger yourselves. I thank you, but I'll, I'll figure out a plan. I got, I, I've got to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll call you back. Oh, oh bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. Oh. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> Thank you, Petro. Oh, God. Arise has him. Arise has a voice. Oh, why did he have to do that? Why did he have to do that? God, I don't know what to think. Oh. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are we going to do? I mean, obviously, we have to do something. No, I don't. I don't hate him. Of course I'm going to rescue him. Man, blew my speakers. I, no, I... Of course, that's not why I'm mad. I okay, I'm jealous of him. God, but no, of course I would still want to rescue him from death and perdition. But I'm just so scared. But not derelict. Is it's like space hell. But uh, no, I can't tell the audience. Are you joking? I don't know what they're gonna think. I mean, no, it's not a ratings thing. I don't care, I don't. I just don't want anyone to panic. I don't want anyone to go out and try and find him and get themselves caught just because he slept with half the universe. Fuck. I just also, what if he thinks I drove him away? I mean, what if he thinks I didn't like him and that's that's why he went off with the Mickey. That's why he went to this final storm. All right. I gotta be a mensch. Hear me? I gotta be a mensch. Gotta go tell the audience. All right. Thank you, Patro. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. For, um, excuse me, um, I hope you all enjoyed your dishes. Val, Irmim, thank you for sharing. 
this delicious Pumonian cuisine. Oh, yes. Mm. Thank you. So. What's wrong? What? Um. What? Oh. Um. Ladies, uh, viewers. Uh, I must announce that uh, to my grave displeasure, uh, it turns out Elvores, who accompanied the classic Mickey on their voyage to investigate the final storm, has been uh, abducted by Arias. Yes, I know. He did not heed the warning of the classic Mickey um, uh, while he was investigating the final storm and the ship came in and and grabbed him out of nowhere and they traced his signature back to him out there. Like, and... No, we, uh, like I said, Patro and I are doing everything we can in formulating plans and formulating schemes and, and things. And... and no. People have told me this show is a place where people can feel safe and be themselves and, and be comfortable and, and and who would I be? Who would I be, viewers and listeners and audience and everyone listening? And who would I be if I did not go and find him and bring him back here? Because I, the thought of him... Viewers, I will. I will be going to rescue Elevores. I hate to leave you for a week, but it must be done. It must be done. And I will go myself. Grizzly Chuck, no! No! You've heard how dangerous the North Derelict is. I cannot ask you to accompany me somewhere so dangerous. I'll not risk anyone else. You have... You're not You are You hear that? Chuck and I are gonna go. We're gonna get Elvores from that son of a bitch. Yes. Thank you, audience. Thank you all. I won't let you all down, any of you. I'll not let any of you down. We will be back. So, Will Peach Manworth and Greasy Chuck successfully rescue Elvores from the nightmarish not derelict? Or will this prove too much for us to handle? Tune in this Saturday on Halloween Earth Time for a magnificent, spooktacular serial throwback as we dive into the not derelict to find him. Wait. Who the f*** am I talking to? Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Peter Carolini, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dawn of Tomorrow. We'd like to thank you all everywhere for coming to hear our broadcast, for getting us past 100 downloads, and here's to many more. As always, Dawn of Tomorrow is made possible with GarageBand, as well as Public Domain Music, Freesound.com, and Buzzsprout hosting our podcast. Today's show featured the voices of... Hunter Whaley as O'Briny, Una O'Brien as Val Kashmir, Jenna Carolini as Greasy Chuck, 
and Kira Jackson as Sloop Tiano. And of course, yours truly as Peach Manworth. Intermeme. And other assorted voices. But we hope you enjoyed the broadcast, and as always, we look forward to our future adventures. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Dawn of Tomorrow, and any emails or inquiries can be directed to p.carolini at gmail.com. That's C-A-R-E-L-L-I-N-I. And don't you forget, don't you forget to tune in Saturday for a special serial throwback to the Halloween tales of old. You won't want to miss it. Tis the season, listeners. See you in the stars. <laughs>